Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. A lot of people wonder, how do I get my life moving? I want to give my life some traction. I want to move from where I am and get somewhere else. Well, let me tell you, one of the ways to do that, God laid this on our heart, is to get going with gratitude. There was a woman, she was rushing home from a doctor's appointment. Have you ever been that way? And the doctor had been delayed and the lab work took longer than usual. So by the time she left the clinic, she was running late. She still had to pick up her prescription. You know how that goes. To pick up the children from the babysitter, get home, make supper, all in time to make it to the prayer meeting at church that evening. So she began to circle the busy Walmart parking lot, looking for a space, and then the windows of heaven were open. What do you mean? It began to rain. Maybe she was in Jacksonville, right? And then... She usually wasn't one to bother God with little things, right? But then she said, Lord, you know what kind of day that I've had. And there's still an awful lot to do. So, God, I would praise you and I would worship you at this prayer meeting tonight if uh, you could get me a parking space just right away. And I will glorify your name and honor you so that I can get to the Walmart without getting completely soaked. The words weren't completely out of her mouth when she saw the backup lights of a car come on at that first parking spot. It was the best parking spot in the parking lot. She made straight forward, and as she pulled in, she said, Never mind, God, something just opened up. <laughs> you know, a lot of times it's like that, isn't it? Well, so I, I, I need God, but then he makes it happen, but he doesn't get the recognition. You know that I believe one of the first things that we need to realize in getting our life going is to recognize God. Recognize God. The Bible says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. The Bible says in the New Testament, be careful or don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, aha, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I believe the Apostle Paul put that in there because we are winning in God. You know that when we get things moving, it's been shared that all you ever really need in life, you need two things. So we need Jesus. Well, you need three things then. Okay. Besides Jesus, you need two things. You know, if, if, if it is uh, moving and it's not supposed to move, you can fix it with duct tape. Okay. So you need duct tape. If it's not moving and it's supposed to move, there's something that you need. WD-40. So WD-40 and duct tape will solve most of your problems in life. I was reading about WD-40. Uh, it doesn't mean there's 40 uses for it, right? It's like water displacement, 40th formula. So it was like their 40th tribe. And uh, sometimes it feels like on our 40th tribe, we get things right. But with WD-40, you can remove chewing gum from hair. So I, you know, I wouldn't like this. I don't 
have to get it out of my hair, but if it gets stuck in your child's hair, you spray that in their hair. Don't get it in their eyes. And then you can comb that offensive gum out of their hair. You can hit, if you ever see a state bird in your house, you can hit a cockroach with WD-40. It will instantly neutralize the cockroach. You can clean toilet bowls with WD-40. Now, I haven't done some of these things, but WD-40 gets things moving. You can, if you uh, are running outside and you step in something that a dog leaves behind, it's better to avoid it, but if it gets on your shoe, you can spray some WD-40 on that shoe. And then you can, you know, get a toothbrush and, and scrape the stuff off and then rinse it with some water and your shoes are as good as new. Just be careful the next time. Fresh tomatoes on your shirt, WD-40. Spray it on the spot, wait a couple of minutes, and wash as usual. Uh, if someone ever is trying to get your parking spot at Walmart and they leave that paint rub on your car from rubbing their bumper and leaving that free paint sample, what? WD-40 on the paint rub, wait a few seconds, wipe with a clean rag. Well, WD-40 is there to get things moving in your life, and I understand Spiritually, that doesn't work, does it? But spiritually, we can get things moving. First thing gratitude takes us is it takes us out. Now, when this woman in this illustration wanted to get into Walmart, she wanted to get out of the rain. And you know that when God takes us in, he takes us out. I like what first Peter said. The Bible said, it said he called you out of darkness. You know, God is always getting us to move from somewhere. And when he calls us out of darkness, it's into something else. In to his marvelous light. You know that God wants us to move. And one of the greatest things, when he calls us out of, when you're, when you're just grateful. You know, gratefulness, and I'll, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when he calls us out of something, a lot of the world, have you ever heard someone describe their world and it seems like it's not fair and everyone else gets the best jobs and and i get the the cold fries at walmart and and my husband needs to do this or my wife needs to do this and you 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 listen to them for a while and you're like wow that is a completely different world than i live in and yet we're in the same zip code and under the same sun you see when god calls us out he gets us out of our old attitudes with gratitude you ever heard of the attitude of gratitude have you ever had a bad attitude don't raise your hand have you ever had a bad attitude before maybe it was resentment you know what resentment is resentment is when you begin to compare yourself to somebody else you remember that Pharisee when he went up to pray thusly with himself? And he began to compare himself to that evil tax collector. And he said, but he said he was praying with himself, not with God. He said he prayed thusly with himself. I thank you, God. I'm not like him. I fast. I tithe. But really, when we compare ourselves to others and say, well, I do it and they don't do it. Really, that is a spirit of resentment. 
And the Bible said that he didn't go up justified, but that publican that came, he wasn't looking at the tax collector or the, the Pharisee. He was just looking at his need in God. And he began to pray for forgiveness. And Jesus said, he walked out of there justified. You see, we need to not compare ourselves with anybody else or even have that bitterness and hate. God gets us out of that attitude with gratitude. You know, when you have that gratitude, it's just like, it's not what someone did to me. You know, when you're laughing and when you're having a good time and someone calls you a name, it just doesn't affect you, does it? Why? Because I'm just full of joy and full of peace and I'm grateful for. See, when you're grateful for something, that means you have something, right? When you're, have you ever been thankful? You're thankful f- for something. And sometimes I remind my daughter, honey, go say Thanks, because you just received something from somebody. Thankful people are possessors. You know, the Bible says if one died for all, then we're all dead. If Jesus Christ died for me, guess what? I was dying. But Jesus Christ saved me, so I'm alive. I've been saved from death. I've been saved from the authority of the devil. I've been saved from my old life. Brethren, even that right there is enough to say, wait a second, let me lift up my hands and say, God, I'm going to praise you right now because I might not be everything I need to be, but I'm sure thankful that I'm not what I used to be. I'm going to enter into his gates and I'm going to be grateful. You see, when God gives us a blessing, it's to take us onward. God gives us the blessing of salvation. And when we recognize what happens, it changes us. The Bible says, not only does our attitude take us out of darkness, out of confusion, out of, you know, when I ever think of something, the the Bible says that uh, Jesus said, love your enemies. Why? Because that same gratitude that we have for Christ it should be put onto our enemies, those that we disagree with. So have you ever had someone go by and that, that feeling raises up? Like, oh, that's that person. But that's not God, okay? See, that God doesn't want us to feel that way because we get our life going. We don't want to slow down with those feelings. We want to get going with gratitude. God, get me out of those feelings. Get me out of that competitive nature. Get me out of that bitterness towards that other person because I want to get my life moving with gratitude. Out of my old attitudes. When someone says you have an attitude, it's usually not a compliment, right? It's, a, it's, it's something that, that, an attitude, but when you have an attitude of gratitude, that's what God is looking for. Because we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, we come out of darkness, out of the rain, so to speak, and come into his marvelous light. Because gratitude not only takes us out, but it takes us on. You see, when God saves us, he doesn't save us to come and just worship God at church and, and be happy for you know, 30 minutes and be unhappy for six or seven days of the week. Go home and be unhappy. Uh, go to work and be unhappy. You see, gratitude not only, if you look at the psalmist, it said enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. It's, it's a, an informational, uh, it's a recipe for success. But gratitude is a choice. Did you know that? So, well, I'm just not a happy person. Well, choose to be. (laughs) Well, I'm just not a worshipful person. Choose to be. You see, uh, when in Acts chapter 8 and verse 39, that eunuch was uh, told about Jesus. 
and he professes faith in Jesus. It's that simple. You know, getting saved is also a choice. When I became a Christian, it was a choice. It wasn't a feeling. It wasn't goosebumps. You know, you ever seen a, you know, some TV show or a movie and it gives you the goosebumps or it makes you cry, but after five minutes, you're over it. <laughs> That's not like God. God might give you goosebumps and God might make you cry and he might make you happy and he might make you sad. And he might make you mad, but he gives you the choice to have joy when the church service is done. He gives you a choice to be a servant of God, it's a choice that he gives us. And to be grateful is a choice. So the, the eunuch came up out of the water after he had been baptized and the Lord caught away the preacher. Philip, like Star Trek, he was taken out of there. That the eunuch saw him no more. And the Bible said, this is speaking of that new eunuch Christian. He went on his way doing what? Rejoicing. Now, you don't have to do this, but notice this man had all of his problems. What if someone could solve all your problems? So preacher, I got problems. You know what? But I've got a professional problem solver. And he's on retainer. And it's like that guy that had gotten kicked out of his house or whatever. And he was, you know, his friend come up and he said, hey, what are you sitting on your front lawn for? He said, I got kicked out of my house. It's in foreclosure and they kicked me out. And he said, well, where's your wife? She left me. And he said, well, um, what are you doing? Well, my car got possessed. I can't go anywhere. So, so what are you doing? I'm having a pretty good day. And uh, he said, well, why? He said, well, I, I saw an, an ad for this uh, professional worrier. And uh, he said, professional worrier? Yeah, he worries about all my problems. Well, how much did he cost? 50 grand. $50,000? Yeah, up front. He said, well, where are you going to get that money? Well, that's his worry. <laughs> But you know that that's the way that it is. So a preacher, I'm not talking about a worrier, but as I go on, so a preacher, how can I rejoice? The world is this and the politics is that because I found a Jesus that is bigger than my problems. I found a God, his eye is on the sparrow. I know one that he's in control. And if he says, let there be light, guess what? There was light. And the Bible said God saw that it was good. And the Bible makes a promise that all things, that all things would work together for my good. The Bible says I know that. And it's Romans chapter 8, verse 28, my, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. And we can know that everything's working together for my good. So I can just, even if I don't understand it, God, in the light of your word, I can lift up my heart and rejoice. Because it's taken me onward. You see, it's lighter when you're rejoicing. You listen to a, a gospel song. Have you ever just heard a good joke and you heard someone crack a good joke? And it just kind of like, it bursts the bubble. Like I remember my wife and I were having a disagreement. Not that you ever have. So this is just like between, you know, like the one marriage where you have disagreements. But she didn't like that I put my laundry next to the laundry basket instead of in it. Well, I mean, I got close. I mean, it was right next to it, right? You know, it's a preacher. You're just wrong. Okay, well, it got close. It was next to the laundry basket. And so she came up, and she won't mind me sharing this, I don't think. She said, she said <laughs> something like, <laughs> next time, she said, why don't you put your clothes in the hamster? And she tried to look with a serious face. She meant hamper, right? But she said a hamster, and she did it with authority. And we just 
busted up laughing. And when we began to laugh, all of that argumentative nature and everything was, I try to put my clothes in the hamster to this day, right? But when you have that rejoicing attitude, brethren, a good joke, a merry heart, the Bible says, it doeth good like a medicine. That's why God said in His Word, enter into His gates with thanksgiving. It takes you out, but it takes you on. You see, when we're uh, when, we're, when our hands and our heart are up, aren't we open to God's authority and power? I really believe it. So preacher, but that's Pollyanna thinking. Or is it Exodus thinking? You see, when, when Amalek came and fought against Israel, they had been taken out of, of Egypt, but Israel had other enemies. You ever figure that out? You, you fix one battle and another one starts. <laughs> you fix this problem and another one starts. You get this mind battle beat. And another one starts. I don't know, but that's my life right there. So you just like one thing after another. And uh, then came Amalek. Man, Pharaoh was defeated. His army was destroyed. Well, they had another enemy. He was coming. And fought with Israel and Rephidim. And, and Moses said to Joshua, choose us out, man. Go fight. And he said, I'm going to stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So the, the battle was in the valley. And Moses was up there, and uh, the Bible said he and Aaron and Hur went to this hill. They went to the top of this hill. And it says, it came to pass that Moses, when he held up his hand, Israel prevailed. So it turned the tide of a physical battle. And we're not talking about prayer. Moses wasn't praying. Moses was lifting up that rod, which symbolized kings would have a rod and it would symbolize their authority. Now Moses also had a rod, but it was the rod of who? Of God. And it symbolized that authority of God in the situation. And when Moses lifted up his hand, Israel prevailed. And then when he got tired, the Bible said, because if you ever lifted up your hands for a while, you get tired. You're fixing something electrical overhand. You're like... Ah. You just got to put your hands down and kind of shake them out. Try it. It works. If not, wait a few years. You'll get older. You'll see what I'm talking about. And he got tired and he let his hands down. And then Israel began to lose. You know, when we let our hands down, so preacher, but it's hard to be thankful. But I'm thankful I don't have to do it alone because Aaron was on one hand. And her, not not H-E-R, but you know what? If you've got a wife, she's on the other hand. That's a blessing. And they began to help Moses. And they helped them lift up his hands. And when they were lifting up Moses' hands, they were lifting up their hands. And when you come to the house of God, you can be encouraged by the brethren. You can be encouraged by the preacher. You can be encouraged. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one serving God. Elijah thought he was the only one. God said, I've got 7,000. I've got more men. I've got more people that are lifting up me above Baal. And they haven't bowed the knee. They're still lifting up. Why? Because we're still going on. And the Bible says that uh, they stayed up his hands, one on one side, one on the other. And then Joshua down in the valley discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. You know what? Gratitude gets us on. You know, sometimes I know, brethren, battles are real. But when you have your heart up to God... You see, you're coming to his courts with praise. You're letting his authority be involved in this situation. When I'm coming in, I'm not just singing to ignore my problems. I'm approaching God and his ultimate authority in the situation. You see, sometimes we come to the end of, of what we can do, right? And uh, I, 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 still, I still remember... I, 
I've shared it before, but you know, when you have money problems and I, I was, I didn't have insurance, still don't for my daughter anyway, but I had a baby and I set up a payment plan and after a while they wanted, I think my two years of payments, somehow there was a mistake and so they added more money to my account after like two years. I'm like, oh, thanks. I mean, added, made the bill bigger. So I was trying to call them and talk to them and, and I had all my, my stuff laid out and the guy didn't really want to talk to me. You could tell. You ever talk to someone on the phone? They don't want to talk to you, right? And I owed him like 10000 or something. I know it's not a lot of money for you. It's a lot of money for me when I didn't have it. <laughs> and uh, so I figure I could pay my daughter off in like 30 years or something like that. Can't let her get married till we pay her off, right? So, and so at the end of it, he goes, well, you, here's, my, here's my number. You know, give me a call, my direct number, the man from the hospital. I think it was at Shan's, but I'm not sure. And so I said, yes, sir. You know, I got his number. And I told my wife, you know, honey, call back, set up a payment plan, you know, on this new amount that they gave us. <laughs> and it was like 10,000 or something. I don't remember. It was a lot. And it just went up after two years of paying it down, 25 bucks a month. <laughs> Didn't pay much, but you know. <laughs> and uh, so my wife called and she called me back. She goes, honey, uh, you know, I called the guy and he said it wasn't 10,000. It was 5,000. And the guy's like, now he wasn't my friend, okay? You could, he's like, he said, he told me, honey, I don't know how it happened, but you should take that. And that's what we did. And you know what? So a preacher, how did it happen? I believe that there's a God. It wasn't the man. He wasn't on my side, but God did the seven. Let me just cut that in half for my child. You know that when we serve God, God's on your side. He's bigger than the government. He's bigger than the big hospitals. We just have to go onward. And you see, he takes us out. He takes us on. And then gratitude will take us in. So preach, you mean just walk around being grateful to God? Isn't that what it says? Because we come into his gates with thanksgiving. You know what the gates are? That's the perimeter, right? Have you ever gone to someone's big house? The gate is where you, you get the gate and the, you know, the guard opens the gate. And you, you roll in and then you get that big, long you know, road that you drive in. Well, what are his courts? His courts? That's where his throne is. His court is where he gives judgment. His court is where he's seated. His court is where he issues his edicts. His court is where his presence with God, it's where the seraphim are. It's where the action is taking place. Brethren, if you look in Revelation, the action's taking place around the throne. And you see, if we get going with gratitude, we get in to where Jesus is. You see, if you look up in Revelation, the elders are throwing their crowns down onto the ground and prostrating themselves before the Lord and God is reigning. You see, when that praise comes out of us, and it's a choice. Uh, there's a, when we praise God, we realize, uh, this, this preacher said, we're all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. <laughs> You know, when we praise God, we begin to see, oh, they seem impossible, but there's a great opportunity for God to do a miracle. There's a great opportunity for us to come in. There's a great opportunity for Jesus to prevail. I'd like to close with this song. It's just another Red Sea. That the Lord will walk you through. It's just another giant. 
like the one that David slew. It's just another battle, an opportunity for you to claim the victory. Don't worry when the water runs deep. It's just another Red Sea. And 